The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina, found at Total Wine locations at Burkdale, Ballantyne, Woodlawn, Concord, and Total Wine and more, Parktown Village. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie Speed Drinking Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom of 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll. So come place an order at www. Marjorie's Beef Jerky That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky.com. Yeah, that's right, because that's the way we roll. Thank you for joining me on another edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, November 9th. I'm Donald Ware. It is Takeaway Tuesday on the podcast. And I'm going to just give you some of my takeaways, not necessarily from the games this past weekend in Week 10 of HBCU football, but just kind of breaking down the postseason scenarios a, a little bit. So, Again, I cannot overemphasize what that loss by Delaware State really meant to the hopes of Delaware State winning a MEAC championship. Now, uh, you look at the progression of Delaware State, and, I mean, Rod Milstead has done a tremendous job. Delaware State, even with its one loss at the time, was in the running for the MEAC championship. And, by the way, the MEAC championship now becomes a little bit more complicated because of Norfolk State's loss now to uh, to North Carolina Central, who has put itself right back in the running for the MEAC championship. South Carolina State has secured at least a share of the championship. Remember, and I, I don't know if if a lot of conferences do this, but the meet what the MEAC does if each team has a each team has the same conference record then you share the title. Remember, I think I mentioned this yesterday. You go back to the 2014 season, you had like five teams sharing the championship, and in the way that the mathematics came out, Morgan State ultimately went on to represent the conference in the FCS playoffs. That is a devastating loss. Again, I cannot overemphasize uh, that. And I know Rod Milstead, he was on the call uh, talked a little bit about it. He didn't really talk about what it meant in the standings uh, per se, uh, but I mean that's that's just a hard loss. And of course, Delaware State can can do some things to. I mean, it's still going to be a solid season, comparatively speaking, when you look at where the Hornets have come from. Uh, but again, that that was a program that was in the running this year for the MEAC 
title. So now, where are we with the MEAC? So this is where we are. Again, South Carolina State has a, at least a share of the crown. And by the way, Buddy Pugh, the head football coach, he didn't want to talk much about that. He didn't really want to talk much um, about that in the share uh, of the MEAC championship. He just wanted to focus on the next game which, by the way, is an out-of-conference game, and it's weird to say it's an out-of-conference game against North Carolina A&T. What a rivalry that uh, has been and always will be, and hopefully that will be a rivalry we will continue to see uh, looking forward to the future. But you have now a situation where North Carolina Central has played its way back into the championship race. Norfolk State is still uh, right there. Uh, it, it's it's an uphill, you know, it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle, I would say, for North Carolina Central. You look at, listen, the MEAC is tough. You can talk about it's only six teams and, and, and all the teams that have left the MEAC and all that, right? The MEAC is tough. Even Howard, right? Like Howard has shown some improvement in its football program this year, took South Carolina State down to the wire, Winning in South Carolina State wins that football game 15 to 12. So now North Carolina Central has to travel to D.C. to take on Howard to finish. Also has to finish the season against Delaware State. So definitely no cakewalk for North Carolina Central. But again, as mentioned, the Eagles still have an outside possibility. You look at Norfolk State. So Norfolk State still has an opportunity to win a share of the MEAC crown, okay? Now, the 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 thing about it, like Norfolk State's got to go to Delaware State, right? Like Delaware State probably going to be, you know, he, either it's going to be one of two things. Delaware State's going to be heated from losing that game to Morgan State, knowing that it cost itself possibly the MEAC championship. Or the Hornets are just going to be down, Right. And Norfolk State is going to do what Norfolk State has to do. Rod Milstead has done a phenomenal job with this program. And you know that it's going to be that the Hornets will not be down. He's going to have those guys ready to rock and roll. The game is in Dover. Right. I I don't know if it's the same thing on the side for Norfolk State. Right. Like you're going to lose some football games. Uh, I think Norfolk State is going to be ready to rock and roll. That was a rivalry type of game against North Carolina Central in the in the in the respect that the two coaches know each other very well. Of course, Trey Oliver was the defensive coordinator under Dawson Odoms at Southern. So those coaches and they and they both were both uh, were also um, teammates. By the way, when they both played at North Carolina Central, so I think Norfolk State. I think both teams are going to be ready to play. But it's a must win. Norfolk State loses that football game, then it's pretty much uh, it's pretty much over. Uh, it is not pretty much. It is over for Norfolk State. They lose the football game. The uh, Spartans lose the game this Saturday. It's over. North Carolina Central still has an opportunity, but it's got some tough games in front of it. Buddy Pugh didn't want to talk anything about South, uh, about South Carolina State, even though it has at least clinched a share of the MEAC championship. Didn't want to talk anything about that at all. Wanted to focus on North Carolina A&T. It's interesting to say that you have a game between South Carolina State and North Carolina Central A&T, that is, and it's not a conference game, but it's still a robbery and one uh, hopefully that we'll see 
in uh, for many years to come. So say what you want. The MEAC season is exciting, okay? And Norfolk State and, and South Carolina State's one of the better teams in all of HBCU football uh, right now, and that is reflective in both the HBCU coaches and media polls, which you can find on our website at BoxToRow.com. So let's take a look at the SWAC. So the SWAC is very, very interesting. So we'll start with the Eastern Division. Now, in the East, Jackson State leads and has a not only a one-game lead over Florida A&M, but also has the head-to-head lead over Florida A&M. Jackson State's got a tough road, okay? Got to go to uh, Southern, to Baton Rouge, to Mumford Stadium, in a rivalry type of game at, at that kind of atmosphere, right, where you know Southern's going to be ready to rock and roll. Southern has nothing to play for other than to win that rivalry football game, okay? That's a big-time rivalry, okay? So you know Southern's going to be jacked up, ready to rock and roll uh, for that football game. And as I mentioned, Jackson State still has to defeat Alcorn State to end or still has to play Alcorn State to end the season, Jackson State has to just win one of those two football games. On the other side, Florida A&M ends its season. They play this weekend against Arkansas Palm Bluff. I don't really see any reason why Florida A&M would lose the football game to Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, even if, the let's just say, the offense didn't play well, the defense is just so tremendous for Florida A&M right now. Then, also has to play in the Florida Classic against Bethune-Cookman, where Florida A&M has had no success against Bethune-Cookman. By the way, Bethune-Cookman, I, I said, and again, I said Bethune-Cookman would be ready to roll. Alcorn State may be a little bit vulnerable coming off the loss from Southern a couple of weeks ago. Bethune-Cookman got uh, Alcorn State, which has put Alcorn State in its, posi- okay, in its position. So let's transfer to the West, right? Let's, let's, let's stick with the West, and let's stick with Alcorn State. So, Alcorn State and Prairie View A&M get together this weekend in Lorman, Mississippi at Alcorn State. Big-time football game. This is a must-win for Alcorn State. Not necessarily for Prairie View A&M, but if you're Prairie View, obviously you want to win all the games. You want to win this one. You don't have to worry about all of that other stuff, all of that, you know, who who has to lose and all that for you to get in. Even though PV is right now two games above Prairie View A&M. I mean, PV is two games above Alcorn State right now, okay? So, you know, Alcorn State's got a road ahead of it, PV, and then Jackson State. That's a tough climb. Alcorn State is still hanging around, right? But Prairie View A&M, you know, pretty much, not not pretty much has it wrapped up. I don't want to say that. But Prairie View A&M has Alcorn State remaining three games. Alcorn State, Texas A&M non-conference, obviously, and then against Mississippi Valley State. So PV really sits really nicely right now in the driver's seat. And, of course, a win by PV at Alcorn State this Saturday would wrap up the Western Division of the SWAC for Prairie View A&M, who under Eric Dooley's been knocking, you know, sort of been knocking on the door in the respect that, hey, it's had some decent seasons, you know, right there, right there, right there. You know, you you look at Southern, you look at Grambling's pretty much dominated, 
the uh, the 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 West over the last couple of years, and uh, with Arkansas Pine Bluff, of course, being uh, that team that was able to get it done in the spring, and so now it may be PV's time. Let's take a look at the CIAA more for the postseason aspect. So when you look at the CIAA right now, we know that Bowie State and Fayetteville State are going to meet for the third straight time in the CIAA championship game. It's the fourth straight trip for Fayetteville State to the CIAA championship game. Looking at the playoff scenario. So right now, if you look at the region, I think it's the South region, Bowie State sits at number two. So Bowie State's pretty much in. Win or lose, against Fayetteville State in the CIAA championship game, which sometimes these postseason championship games can help. I think it helps can help a team more than it hurts a team a lot of times. Not a whole lot of weight. Not a whole lot. I'm not saying no weight, but not a whole lot of weight goes into these postseason cha- conference championship games. That said, Bowie State wins, probably hosts a first-round game. I don't know about a bye, I'm not sure, but at least going to host a first-round game for sure in the Division II playoffs. Fayetteville State needs some help. Fayetteville State sits at number 10 right now in the region. And even a win against Bowie State doesn't propel Fayetteville State per se. Going to have to get some help with some of the teams in front of it. Savannah State is at number 8. Its season is over. If Fayetteville State won, would it propel Fayetteville State over Savannah State? Maybe. Newberry, I think, sits at like number seven. So, listen, the top seven teams go into the playoffs, uh, the Division II playoffs. Fayetteville State definitely would need some help. Looking at the SIAC part of this postseason Division II scenario, we already know that Miles and Albany State going to meet in the SIAC championship game for the third straight year. And by the way, Miles just gets it done under Reginald Ruffin. Down season for Miles, but it was also a down season for the SIAC's Western Division as a whole. And the Golden Bears just found a way to get it done. The question now becomes, can Albany State finally overcome Miles? This may be the year, but there are no guarantees. Albany State in the region uh, right now is, is pretty secure, right? Like Albany State's relatively secure in the region okay and so uh with that the golden rams who sit at number three even a loss to miles uh doesn't hurt the golden rams that badly but i think if you're the golden rams a win helps maybe you host a first round playoff deal savannah state needs some help so savannah state again as i mentioned sits at number eight uh it depends on what like a newberry or mars hill does um, with Savannah State season being over, uh, and I don't know, Mar- Newberry season may be over. There, the Newberry's eight and two. I don't know if there's a conference championship game in the SAC. I don't remember. Um, Mars Hill, and uh, you know, Mars Hill. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Savannah State definitely would need some help, no doubt uh, about that, to get into the playoffs. But listen, there's a lot of postseason possibilities for a lot of teams. And by the way, Florida A&M's got a real shot at postseason possibility. Let's say Jackson State wins out. Let's say, of course, I think ultimately Florida A&M would have to win out to make it to the postseason. And I think that if Florida A&M can win its two games, 
I think Florida A&M has to be considered for postseason uh, in the FCS playoffs as an at-large bid, right? When's the last time the SWAC had an at-large berth? I mean, it, the championship game started in the SWAC in 1999, so it's been at least since then that, that the SWAC has not had an at-large berth because, as I mentioned, you'd had that Bayou Classic that would sort of mess up uh, any team that wanted to get an at-large berth pretty much uh, in the SWAC. But this may be the year finally because the the SWAC championship game means nothing with Southern and and Grambling not not only not doing very well right now, but Prairie View A&M, you know, kind of leading the pack there in the Western Division. So I think this is a very good year and a good opportunity for Florida A&M to make it to the FCS playoffs. But Florida A&M has to handle its business the next couple of weeks over Arkansas Pine Bluff, which should be uh, a game. Uh, it shouldn't have a problem. But the game is going to be the Florida Classic where Florida A&M has had virtually no success against Bethune-Cookman in recent memory. So that's a look at the postseason scenarios with respect to the SIAC SWAC, CIAA, and the MEAC. By the way, Tennessee State's lost to UT Martin. Boy, it's going to be tough for the Tigers because UT Martin's undefeated. The Tigers have two losses, so that really means UT Martin has three games up on Tennessee State with only two remaining. So I don't, you know, Tennessee State, but Tennessee State can still finish the season on a good note. Thank you for tuning in to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the podcast where we give you opinions, we give you information, and we've got you covered as it relates to HBCU football. Talk with you later. Box2Row.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box2Row.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box2Row.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box2Row.com, your HBCU sports leader.